But the problem with loneliness is you just think, oh, those people don't want to hang out with me. It's so easy to put thoughts and intentions mm-hmm. and other people, well, I yeah. guess I'm not really part of the group. If you don't know it to be true, throw it out. You're listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life original podcast where we talk about what life's really like as a Christian in your 20s-ish. I'm Tim. I'm Robbie. I'm Mary. I'm Preston. I thought it would be a funny thing to say that loneliness is what brings us together today. (laughs) Now, loneliness isn't funny, obviously, but I thought that that statement was a little funny. I also like to avoid sounding like I'm trying to make a Princess Bride reference because that's a pet peeve <laughs> of mine, our Princess Bride references. I mean, that's immediately where my brain yeah, went. Yeah, that, that, agreed. I ended up referencing that movie by trying not to reference it. Hey, you brought it up. Actually, it's interesting, though, that loneliness is a topic where everybody's experience of it means a different thing. What is your experience with loneliness? It's interesting when we decided we were going to talk about that because I was like, loneliness, I... Don't think I've ever experienced that. I've lived with family my whole life. I've lived with a family. If it wasn't my family, I've had a roommate. I've never been isolated. And so I'm like, I don't know anything about loneliness. I'm not qualified. But then I was like, wait a minute. What if I look at a a spin or a twist on it thinking, oh, there's been issues in my life, struggles in my life, temptations in my life, things that I'm drawn to in my life, things that are troubling to me, feeling like, oh, I'm probably the only one who struggles with this temptation or this sin or this whatever it may be, and feeling like you need to just Keep that to yourself because no one's going to understand your weirdness and you need to just keep it to yourself. And then you wind up in this space where you do feel like I'm the only one. I'm alone. And so I think that's where I actually have felt alone, especially in my younger years. And, you know, I've been on a journey since then and a lot of that's been worked out and whatever. We might get to that. But I do recall very much feeling like I am alone. I'm an island And it's a pretty scary, terrible feeling. Knowing you like I do, Mary and I were talking about this earlier. Robbie, I was saying, I think this will be interesting because I bet Robbie and I will have a very similar thing to bring to the table on this, which is that we've both lived with immediate family almost our entire lives. I felt the same way. What do I know about loneliness? But then I think about things that I've felt alone in. Anytime you feel yourself thinking, am I the only one who... Does anybody else feel this way? Right. I don't know who to talk to about this thing that I'm struggling with. Anytime you're thinking those kind of things, those are lonely thoughts. Even if you feel like you've got people all around you, you might not feel like you have that person. You're alone in this one thing. And here I was thinking I was going to be alone in this podcast because I was the only one who didn't know <laughs> what it was like to be alone. Well, and we that. have the exact same concept. So I'm not the only one. I was like, I'm going to be the only one with this weird take on loneliness. But I guess not. This is a very meta loneliness moment. So my experience with loneliness has been a bit different than your guys's. The time I felt the most lonely was when I was in England, um, away from my family at Bible school. Mm. Grew up in a rural area, homeschooled, never really had many opportunities to make friends, um, didn't have a lot of practice per se. When I got to England, the, the the first half of the year was pretty great. I had some really great roommates. I thought like we were really getting really close and everything. And then halfway through the year, everyone switches roommates and rooms. Ooh, I know. No, (laughs) not cool. I know. I know. 
I'm actually kind of glad that it happened. I wasn't then. But the second half of the year was a lot harder for me because that group of friends that I had, we hung out like twice the second half of the year. And it was just like, okay, so that's not encouraging. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, but I'm, I'm really thankful that I switched rooms because the room that I went to, I'm like still really close with those girls and we still talk. I've struggled with loneliness my whole life, and partly I think that's because I'm an extroverted introvert, so I love being with people, and I love that interaction and the time that I spend with other people, but it tires me out so much. I'm always like, I'm so exhausted now, <laughs> which makes it harder for me to get into those groups, and it's just a struggle. I have I have other sad stories, but whatever. You can you can, you <laughs> you can, can share, share them. them if you. The must. internet is a safe place, Mary. <laughs> <The internet>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess I guess uh, I'll share one. My school had like these special events and dinners, and we got all dressed up and had like a nice dinner. And sometimes we would do like a K-League, which is like a Scottish dance. So much fun. That's cool. But there was one of those nights where I was walking past the building outside and looked in and saw, like, this huge group of girls that I thought, like, I was, like, in the group, you know? And they were all taking pictures with each other. And, like, Uh. it was just, like, (laughs) okay, okay, great, got it. And looking back on it, I think this is one of the problems with loneliness because it's very possible that they were trying to find me at some point because I that night I was very quiet and and kind of in the background I'm very good at leaving things way too early (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so it's very possible that they tried to find me or something like that but the problem with loneliness is you don't think about that you just think oh those people don't want to hang out with me I think that's a really interesting point which makes me think of a phrase I heard fairly recently which is if you don't know it to be true throw it out and I've had to latch onto that concept because it's so easy to put thoughts and intentions mm-hmm. and other people, well, I yeah. guess they just don't like me. I guess they don't really want to. I guess I'm not really part of the group. I guess they intentionally left me out. You know, mm-hmm. all those right. Th- right. things. And it's like, you don't know that to be true. Maybe they did try to find you. Maybe they did try to call you, but your phone was, I don't know. You know, and it's one of those things where who knows, but you don't know that to be true. And that's where you have to guard your mind and and take every thought captive and all of that. You haven't shared anything yet. It's your turn. Oh, you're just going to throw me right under the bus. (laughs) Yes, I am. Thump, thump. (laughs) (laughs) She was way too happy about that. She was. That's the scary part. I'm hoping she doesn't throw it in reverse. She just knows it's good for you. Hey, you with the tire marks. What do you have to say? (laughs) So... I feel like I'm kind of somewhere in between you guys and Mary Hmm. in that I don't really ever think of myself as like ever having like long periods of time in my life where I was lonely. But then like if I think about it more, I can think back to probably about a year or two before I moved out here. I had graduated high school and I was taking classes at a community college. A lot of my friends who I was close with went on to college or a couple of them joined the military. I think back to that time period before I moved out here, I didn't really have anyone in my church or my immediate group that was my age that I really hung out with. And like, I always kind of hated that. Thinking back on it, like I always hated the fact that the only people that were my age at church, I never talked to because 
I had never talked to them before and didn't really know them. And we just like every so often were like, hey, how's it going? Like as you passed each other at church and that was it. And so, you know, I helped out in the sound booth at church and I did tech stuff. You know, I was like, I know people. I'm not lonely. And now that I kind of think back on it, I have friends now that are my age and a lot of good friendships that are good Christian people. And now I look back on that previous time and realize that it wasn't as good as I thought it was. I'd fooled myself into thinking that I'm fine. I don't need friends. Everything's good. I'm just not a person that has friends. Mm. And now that I know friends that are like, hey, by the way, tonight we're doing a movie. Do you want to come over? I mean, I remember the first time I was asked that out here. I'm like, who does that? Like, who goes out to, like, goes to a coworker's house and has, like, a movie night? What I think is really interesting about that, Preston, is there's a difference. I'm going to use you both as examples here, pointing to Marianne Preston. Maybe almost chronic and acute loneliness. Not that those are perfect terms for it. They're not. But the idea that one could be something you feel sharply in the moment when you see, when you feel perceiving, I'm left out. And then the other sort being, it's there in the background. It's almost just the undercurrent of your social atmosphere is this feeling of disconnectedness, almost maybe numbness to it. Because it sounds like to me, from what I'm hearing from you, Preston, you didn't know what you were missing until you had it. And I think how that comes about is like you went to England mm-hmm. and... Right. I was away from my all of my family, all of my friends. Went across the world. Completely Over the pond. Over the pond. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're away from everyone you knew, everyone you hung out with. Mm-hmm. Whereas where I was, it was kind of a transition, almost like six months, where people went away to college. So it just kind of became the norm because it was not really a distinctive... That was a terrible snap. <laughs> no, it was pretty good. There we go. I usually have a good snap, so it was it was disappointing to myself about it. But what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So the transition period. I mean, you know, you constantly hear that story of, like, if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it immediately jumps out. But if you put a frog in a pot of water and then bring it to a boil, the frog doesn't know. Right. I think that's an overused thing and what have you. But it is... Somewhat accurate. Definitely. The fact that small little changes are harder to notice and they're easy to rationalize. When you do start to notice them, it's like, well, it's okay. Like, this is just a weird period of my life. You know, it's just college age. Changes happen. People move. One problem with loneliness, at least something that I've noticed, is that, like, in movies and things, the main character has a best friend that knows everything about them and they can talk to their best friend about literally everything anything whatever they want and I've never had that Mm -hmm. and growing up I was like well everybody has a friend like that as I grew up I realized that's actually not true I can't even think of one person I know who has a friendship like that right and that's where Jesus comes in (laughs) I hate to be all like you know the guy that's like here but that's definitely what I found to be true too about uh, some of those things where you're just like "Uh," and it sounds like super cheesy and cliche but like what a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And it's like so true. He, You really can talk to him anytime, anywhere about anything. And he gets you because not only does he know you, but he made you. He already knows everything. And so when you're telling him this thing, he's like, yeah, I know. I understand. 
also, I was on Earth. You know, like, <laughs> I did the human yes. thing. He was here. And he's like, I can relate to you perfectly. Because if you walked through it, I probably walked through it too. And there are multiple times in the Gospels where it specifically says, and Jesus went away to a lonely place. Or some translations say a desert place or an isolated place. A lot of places in the New Testament where, especially in Jesus' life, where it says the word desert or lonely. And the reason why the discrepancy between the translations is the Hebrew word for lonely there could mean a desert place or a desolate place. Huh. Or lonely the feeling. Obviously, Jesus was in a climate to have gone into deserts. We also know that he sought out solitude for those things. I think it's interesting to look at that as meaning both things. Well, emotionally, it's a lonely place because no one else was there, but it also could have been the desert, knowing the geographic area. What can the Bible say to loneliness? We're already talking about it here, which I love that that just happened naturally, but what, what are some things you guys found on what the Bible can say to this? I have a question. What do you mean by what can the Bible say? Ooh. Because I would think that you would say, what does the Bible say about this? Could, I'm wondering if there was a reason for the wording. Because yeah, with you, there always question. is. That's a, good, that's a good question. <laughs> I She's say what, learned that there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I say, what can the Bible say to loneliness? Because I think that because we can each see loneliness differently, we're not all going to find the same things about loneliness in the Bible. We're not all going to be spoken to in our experience of loneliness the same way somebody else might be spoken to by a verse of scripture about their loneliness. So yeah, that's what, that's a great question. Fully agree on that, Tim. See, this but, is why I asked, because I knew you had an answer. Well, I found a scripture. I find it interesting, actually, Tim, that you answered the question the way you did. I was kind of self-conscious about like, I don't really know if the scripture verse I chose really deals with loneliness. And maybe they're going to be like, you took it out of context. That's not what it means. Um, so that's what I'm feeling insecure about over here. <laughs> but it's one that I've really clung to. So this is Paul and he's talking about I could become proud because of all these reasons. I could become proud. He says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know if you could fit loneliness in there or not, but I just feel like that phrase, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in loneliness. Mm. My power is made perfect in whatever this thing that's making you feel alone, whether it's I'm isolated and I don't feel like I have a best friend, or I feel like I can't relate to the people at my church, or boy, I've just got this real struggle that I just feel like I can't talk to anybody about. And, you know, God, why don't you just take my loneliness away? Why don't you just take my singleness away? Why don't you just take my fill in the blank away. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not going to. But I will tell you, 
my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That has just really been something that I have hung on to. Like, you know what? I have, uh, I have God's grace to cling to. I've got him. And that's sufficient. Looking this topic up, I was finding more and more instances of whenever the Bible specifically calls out loneliness or someone being alone in hardships, later on you find out a reason for it. Like Jesus went away to a lonely place or a desert place for the purpose of being alone with God with the Father. Jeremiah the prophet is known as the lonely prophet. He was specifically commanded to never have a wife, never have kids. He was specifically commanded to never attend weddings or funerals. He specifically was commanded to never have human relationships hmm. as an example to how God himself had felt at that time with the people of Israel. And there's always seems to be in there a reasoning behind the loneliness. There's an intentionality behind there that you would almost become more dependent on God. Mm. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the very, you know, church answer, but sometimes that's what it comes down to is it's really easy to think, well, if I just have X number of friends or if, you know, I just find a girlfriend or a boyfriend or I won't be lonely anymore. And you end up becoming needy and it's a spiral. You still end up empty because you're basically trying to fill a bathtub that you haven't put the plug into. It's never going to work. <laughs> you know, it always comes back to we need Jesus. He is the perfect relationship. Mm -hmm. Nothing's going to work out without him. Even though it may seem to help for a little while, it's always going to come back to one more, the next one, the bigger one. That relationship itself, the one you have with Jesus, really is the only permanent one. You're connected to Jesus for eternity. We are the bride of Christ. Love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's us. That's us. It really is that intimate of a relationship. I don't know why it is that the right answers always seem like the cheesiest ones, but I... Jesus is the answer. Surprise! No one saw that coming. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, there's Sunday school answers for a reason. Yeah, there's a reason we try to teach these to kids. There's a reason the faith has had these answers for so many centuries, yep. for thousands of years, because Jesus is the answer. <laughs> Sorry, read your Bible, pray every Jesus day. Jesus, Bible, pray. <laughs> Bible, pray. I feel like I've said that. Every single <laughs> podcast, <Yeah. laughs> Jesus Bible pray. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, okay, that doesn't mean we do that. It doesn't mean we're perfect at that. It doesn't mean that we have all the answers. We right. just have one simple answer that kind of fits everything. And that's why I think Jesus is true in the right way and actually who he claims to be. It's really funny because what you guys are both talking about, the, the first sentence that I wrote when I was writing out notes for this was, there's always the cliche, God is with you. <laughs> like, I specifically did yes. not write that down because I did not want to. <laughs> People have told me that before. And like when you're in that moment where you're just feeling lonely and by yourself and someone says, well, God is always with you. I'm like, oh, wow, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And <laughs> I know that. <laughs> it's not really helping. Yeah. But I think it doesn't help because – you don't let it. And I think that's another problem with loneliness is that you kind of, in a sick sort of way, like it. It's nice to self-pity and focus on yourself. You get stuck in your lies. Of, exactly. Oh, they don't want to hang out with mm -hmm. me. Yeah, and you don't want to let go of that for some strange reason. <laughs> but as I was doing a little bit of research on this, I just looked up 
what the Bible says about loneliness. And oh my word, there are so many verses about God is with you and God knows you and he's with you and just on and on and on. It was kind of almost overwhelming just seeing the list of verses where God is with you. And I was like, obviously, I can't just go, well, it's a cliche. (laughs) (laughs) If the Bible says it that many times, I guess I have to listen to it. (laughs) Probably there for a reason. And One of my favorite passages is uh, Psalm 139. I think it's my favorite because I memorized it with my family, and so I know the whole thing. I'm so glad that I did because it's really helped me through a lot of those times where, like, I walked past the window seeing all my friends hanging out together, and I was just like, okay. And just remembering those verses, oh, Lord, you searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise Receive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You've hemmed me in behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. It's just like the whole thing is like that. Hmm. It's just, it's so good. And isn't the end of that, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way, which that's fascinating because you brought up that fact where you're like, it's kind of this twisted thing where you sort of want to just stay there. And I think that's interesting that I don't know if everyone can relate to that, but I feel like I can resonate with that where you you feel something, loneliness or whatever, and you're like, I'm just going to stay here and just feel sorry for myself you get curled up in a little ball and you're just like (laughs) don't try to make me feel better and but it's like huh well if I need to examine myself and reach out beyond myself for help or be the friend to somebody else that I wish someone was to me maybe I need to be the one to reach out go help someone else or go be with someone else or go try to talk to someone else or go be that friend that you wish was there for you because I feel like thinking outward about others rather than, but I'm lonely. I I thought of a metaphor. You're walking in the fall and you're just looking down and you're looking at all the dead brown leaves on the ground. (laughs) You're just like, well, this is terrible. Everything's dying. Exactly. And then you look up. It's beautiful. It's kind of what you have to do with loneliness. You have to get out of your head. You have to stop thinking about yourself because that's what loneliness is. It's thinking about yourself and thinking, I'm the only one who feels like this. But if you even glance up for a second, if you even say hello to someone, say, hey, how are you today? Anything. (laughs) <laughs> other people are here <laughs> if everyone's waiting for everybody else to notice them mm-hmm. <laughs> then exactly. nobody does if you're what if somebody else is feeling that way and you choose to notice them and then all of a sudden you brighten their world that's good i was just thinking about the psalms in general i wanted to pick one in particular i picked psalm 22 and the first two verses are um my god my god why have you forsaken me why are you so far from saving me so far from my cries of anguish my god i cry out by day but you do not answer by night but i find no rest when we're talking about issues that we feel like are related to mental health issues it's easy to think of them as like modern people problems it's new it's what people worry about in the modern world right you read the psalms and you're like david gets this David gets loneliness and fear and anxiety, and David gets all that. What's even better than David getting it, though? And it's the next guy who says these words in Scripture. It's Jesus who says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
And more than saying it to the extent David could, Jesus can speak those words truthfully. Why, God, have you forsaken me? Why am I alone? Why am I all by myself? He can speak those words more truthfully than anybody in history because he bore a loneliness that's greater than any any of us will ever have to experience. And what that means for us when we're lonely then is that we are connected to him. We're not alone because he's been there and deeper. He's been there and worse. Our God and Savior can relate to that. Jesus is the only one who has truly been alone. Mm -hmm. We all have God with us all the time. We only feel alone. Mm -hmm. Jesus was actually alone. Yeah, yeah. Separated from his father that he had been a part of for eternity past. And because he did that, now we don't have to know that aloneness. So what would you want a lonely friend to know? If you're talking to somebody you care about, you know, they say, I'm lonely. I was actually asked this question just the other day. What do you wish somebody had told you when you were at your loneliest? People are good for you. I would have wanted to tell myself that, and mm. I still need to tell myself that. Because I have, I have a ton of relationships, close relationships, but I often need to remind myself that people are good for me, and I'm good for people. You've got to think about that when you're lonely. When I've felt that way, oftentimes it's, it's me keeping myself from people because I've got all kinds of bad reasons that I might be doing that. But I've got to realize that if I'm feeling sorry for myself, stop it. If I'm feeling prideful, stop it. If I'm feeling any of those self-pity things, stop it. Realize people are going to be good for you when you get out and get with them. And you know what? They want to be with you too. You'll be good for people too. I hate to be selfish because I feel like lonely people are in that spot where you want to be like, oh, you're lonely. What if you were the one to reach out for somebody else? Do you want to come over for a movie? Do you want to come over for dinner? Is there someone in my church who I can see needs help with this or that? I feel like anytime you can go serve and get your focus off of yourself and helping somebody else through their problem or struggle or need is really big. So that's one thing. And then the other thing I would tell that person, if you feel like no one will understand this problem, this temptation, this sin, this whatever it may be, find someone you can trust. And I don't know who that is for you, but just start the conversation going like, can I talk to you about this? I just really feel alone. And I think what you'll find is you're less alone than you realize. And there are other people that are dealing with this or that or the other. You know, we're to bear each other's burdens. And if you're, if you're lugging around a burden by yourself, ask someone to help you bear it. And if they're a God-fearing person, then hopefully they'll be happy to do that. I mean, how oftentimes are you like, I just wish someone would come to me and be like, can I talk to you and tell me my problems? You know, like we always <laughs> want to be that person that someone can go and talk to. Yeah. But we never want to be the person that wants to go and talk. And it's like, maybe put yourself out there and be the person and think of how honored this person's going to feel. Wow, I'm so glad you shared that with me. Let's talk about that. It's it's going to be a long process. Mm -hmm. It takes and it's work. It's going to be difficult. And you have to be willing to give something. Relationships and stuff, you know, it's a two-way street. You know, friendship is a difficult road. But, like, you know, you know a friend. You've had arguments and stuff. And you've worked things out. Like you were saying with, like, you know, 
I want to be the friend where everyone just comes to me with all their problems. <laughs> There's a clever phrase I'm trying to think of that sums this whole thing up, and I can't quite get it. That's like be the friend you want to be the friend you want. You're close. Be the friend you want to have. <laughs> I know it's what like, you're. <laughs> I know what it's you're like that though, where it takes a to have a friend, you gotta be a friend. That's it. But yeah, like you've gotta <laughs> be that in order to get that, and that might fall into your lap. Or it might be years of work. It might happen. It might not happen. It's not up to you. And don't put it on yourself if it's not happening for you. Those close relationships aren't clicking for you like they might be for other people you know. That doesn't mean that it's your fault. And um, this is really hard. You might have a lot of people in your life who you expect should just know. They should just know. They should reach out to me. They Read my mind. Me. Yeah. We've all, I'm going to say we've all done oh, it. Oh, yes. I do yeah. it. I do it. Don't make it a test for your friends. <laughs> Don't make your loneliness a test why for your friends. Why do we do it? Because you know why? Not because they shouldn't know. Maybe they should know. But you've probably failed a lot of your friends' unspoken tests, too. <laughs> And you don't even know it. I know I've failed tests that I don't even know were out there, that were unspoken tests given to me. Don't give your friends an opportunity to fail. Don't give the people in your church an opportunity to fail you. Give them a cheat sheet. Say, I think it would be really good for me to get to talk to somebody. Can we talk? You know, don't give people an opportunity to fail. Let them help you. As the old saying goes, help them help you. If I have a friend who's lonely. I wish they would just tell me so we can work it out. I can put my arm on their shoulder, you know, say, hey, you're not alone. You're not the only one who's alone. I'm here for you. But then again, I know when I personally get lonely, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Just curl up in my blanket <laughs> with maybe a cup of tea and a dog. Right. Exactly. Actually... <laughs> That sounds that sounds really good, and that doesn't make me make me not want to be lonely. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for another time together here on If That Makes Sense. We hope you're enjoying these chats, and if you are, do feel free to share the show however you share things you care about with the people you care about. And we here on If That Makes Sense aren't the only Family Life podcast around. You can check out everything from the best of Family Life mornings to the Saturday Morning Kids Corner any day of the week at fln.org podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for being here, and we'll look forward to you joining us for the next one. So anyways, I'll just say, I'm Tim. I'm Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking water. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> When's the blooper, blooper tape? You gotta, you gotta have the blooper. <laughs>